Hello, everyone. I'm Al Grego, and this is a season three finale of the Yes, We Are Open podcast. Lincoln, Ontario, located in the Niagara region on Lake Ontario, just west of St. Catharines, about 40 minutes from Hamilton. Its population, 25,000. Fun fact, one of the many Lincoln natives to have made a name for himself was William Fairbrother, the inventor of the hockey net in 1880. Before that, they used to use two poles or rocks as goals, and officials would rule on whether a puck passed through the goal. Imagine that. They no doubt could have used the fox puck back then. The net was no doubt a game changer and perhaps a ref saver. Another notable Lincoln native was Catherine K. McKeever, a.k.a. the Owl Lady of Canada who spent over 40 years saving, rehabilitating, and breeding owls in Lincoln from 1965 onward. Among her many awards received is a membership in the Order of Canada. Thanks to its moderate climate with mild winters, the area is known for its orchards, vineyards, wineries, and restaurants that feature local produce and wine. Lincoln itself is known for its fruit crops of cherries, peaches, apples, and pears. But today I'm not visiting an orchard or a vineyard. I'm visiting a very new resident to Lincoln. I'm driving southbound on Bartlett Road and I turn into a brand new industrial building. It's so new in fact that many of the units are still under construction, but not unit number five. That one is occupied by this week's subject, Bear Cave Silent Boots. Andrea. Andrea, nice to meet you. You too. That's Andrea, one of the owners, greeting me at the door. She ushers me into an open area showcasing one of their silent booths. Being an audiophile, I've been looking forward to this interview. Andrea takes me past the booth and an office through a door into a large shop in the back where the booths are being manufactured. That's where I meet Trevor, the other owner. Trevor gives me a tour of the shop, quickly explaining each station. You can tell that the shop is still very new to them as they're trying to figure out the best use of the space. I meet some of the other employees, including Charlie and Daryl, Trevor's cousin. Both have only been with the business for a few months. You know, we're still kind of moving in and getting things sure, yeah, settled. Yeah, it's a like, pretty new building, I guess. Yeah, 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 exactly. How long have you been in here? Um, since the beginning of July. After my shop tour, Trevor and I return to the front showroom where, as was my hope, Trevor shows me the silent booth. I'm not too proud to say I geeked out a little. Then I took the opportunity to demonstrate on my audio podcast how well the silent booth works. So I'm about to step into the booth and close the door. And wow, already, you can hear how much sound is being blocked out. And it's, it's comfy in here. There's a little desk with a couple of chairs, one for each participant. Very nice. I'm going to open the door so you can hear the difference. There's actually some construction happening, which you, you couldn't hear in there, so that's no, great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> After my successful demonstration, Trevor and I finally settle in inside the booth for our interview. Hi, yeah, I'm uh, Trevor Little Eagle McKay, owner of Bear Cave Silent Booths. My name is Andrea Max. I started the business with Trevor. We don't really have titles, but that's what happened. 
Uh, well, Andrea was a teacher several years ago on Metogamy First Nation, where I'm from. And we were friends back then. And we played music off and on. We actually started playing music together on the reserve. And that he was like the first friend that I made on the reserve. And we became friends for quite a long time. He actually was the one who made me quit my job teaching on the reserve he told me you know you shouldn't be teaching you should be singing you should be playing music and I quit my job and I traveled all over Canada all over the states and I went to California with like $50 in my pocket all you know all of the things street performing on Venice Beach and Santa Monica Pier yeah like about three years ago uh, she said you know what hey I want to record an album and so uh, she said, you have you, you you went to school for it, so I'm going to come up to your place in Timmins and we're going to record. And I had this little tiny two-bedroom apartment. She showed up at my door like a week later and, uh, you know, all the bags that she had, you know, because that's all she was doing was traveling around and playing, right? So that's all she literally had was three bags of clothes uh, and her guitar. When I came back from California, I showed up at his doorstep and I just said, you know, I'm not leaving until you record my music. And so we tore up uh, my living room. We made a recording space. He actually made the first little sound booth. We tore apart his apartment and I was like, listen, we're doing this. You got to figure it out, <laughs> you know? So he made like a little four by six in the wall. Well, first it was like a teepee in the center of the room, but then it was a four by six in the little corner of the apartment. It didn't work out, but we started a relationship. It didn't work out for the music, but it worked out for the tune. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so, and then it was, um, then it was about a month or so later, uh, you know, a few months later, and, you know, she was kind of getting antsy to play music, and well, so was I, you know, and she was like, well, you know, do you, do you want to continue working in the mine here, or do you want to play music the rest of your life? And I said, well, of course, I'd love to play music the rest of my life. She's like, well, quit. I can't just quit. I got a great job. I'm working in a mine here. You're like, you know, like you're thinking about all this stuff. And she's like, yeah, you can. You could quit. Well, in a funny turn of events, <laughs> you ended up convincing him to quit his job. <laughs> yeah. To pursue his music career. Yes. We're very opposite. Like he's very strategy and, you know, all mental and planning and all of the things. And I'm just like, hey, we're just going to do it. Uh, about two weeks later, yeah, I quit and we packed up my little Mazda car. I sold everything that I owned. We headed down to Perry Sound. We stayed at my, my mother's for like a week or two. Then we found a place in Barrie. And then from there, it just started snowballed. And then we started playing. And just as we started playing, we're doing gigs, uh, you know, around Perry Sound and Barrie area. Uh, that's when the pandemic hit. Uh, it started, in, I guess, basically January of 2020. Wow. I was asked by the Perry Sound Friendship Center because I'd went to school in 2015 uh, recording Arts of Canada in Toronto. And they asked me if I could come in and soundproof uh, one of their rooms. Right. So I went in, I did a bunch of measurements, and eventually they came back and they said, well, the owner of the building doesn't want us drilling into the existing walls. Mm -hmm. So can you build a room within a room? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and they said, well, we'll have a contractor build it, but can you design it? I said, yeah, sure. You know, so I went home, I designed it and it was a lot different than this, what it is. And so I gave it to the contractor and a week later they called me back along with the contractor and yeah, and he's, he just didn't get it. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he eventually said, you know what? He literally during that phone call said, 
I don't want to do this. <laughs> and he told them, yeah, you know, like, I'm just basically out. They said, well, we're sorry about this, Trevor. And they hung up the phone. <laughs> and I said, okay, well, you know, that's fine. And then they called me right back and they said, well, you know, he doesn't want to do it. Can you do it? Right. And I said, yeah, sure. You know, like, could definitely do it. They said, well, we'll pay you half now and half later. Mm-hmm. And they showed me the check and I went, yeah, let's go. Let, let's do this. As I was like searching the materials and, uh, you know, whatnot at like Arona, there was an elderly guy there, you know, that was working, you know, and he's kind of like, you know, one of those, hey, can I help your son? You know, and I was like, oh, yeah, sure. I was like, you know, I'm this is what I'm doing. I told him what I was doing. And he said, you know what? He's like, use MDF. I was like, MDF? He's like, yeah, that's basically you're going to get the same density as you would be with these two by threes and using insulation and all this drywall. He's like, it's basically compressing and condensing that all down to one. So I said, all right, let me take a look at this MDF. We loaded a bunch of sheets on and, you know, we had just enough to build this booth. And uh, so we brought it home and I had no tools. Did you even have any woodworking experience before this? Bare minimum. Okay. Bare minimum. Like I'm telling you. you know, uh, cut straight, maybe measure. <laughs> yeah, maybe. That was about it. Now, when he told you, I'm going to build this, he's already admitted. <laughs> he had no woodworking experience. So what did you think when you heard that he was going to try to build this himself? I didn't think anything of it when he said, like, I'm going to build this. I was just like, okay, yeah. Like, you know, I saw you build a head frame like, <laughs> or a headboard for our bed. Like, you got it. And I didn't think anything of it. But there was a few times where, you know, he was in the laundry room and he was putting this thing together. And it just... I could hear like bangs and everything falling and I'm like oh my god like I don't want to go anywhere near him right now because he's just like he's just yelling and swearing and I'm like oh my god he's creating barricades yeah (laughs) in the laundry room yeah this house we were living in was uh I guess like it used to be an old school or something like that and so there was all these little kids desks down in the basement so I bring those up and I set them out on this deck and I, I would do my cuts out there right. and then bring it back in and kind of fabricate it all together. And yeah, so the first like four booths were done that way inside our laundry room. I think it took me about eight and a half weeks or something like that. And we took it up to the Paris Sound Friendship Center. And now I didn't even know if it was going to fully like go together. Right. And it fit perfectly. I couldn't believe it. Like It was just massive. It was just this big entity you know like it was way more than I even thought and he's such a perfectionist so you 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 make your first booth and I saw the booth I mean that's why I'm here I was up at the Perry Sound Friendship Center interviewing your mom Mm -hmm. uh, for last season of the the podcast and then she showed me the booth and I was impressed and and when she mentioned that oh it's my son who makes them right away I'm like I need to meet Trevor I need to come and see this we're sitting in one right now and it's, it's very cool like I wish I had this in my house <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah so you build your first one and you get paid for it and now you're sitting there with with a few thousand dollars and you say to, uh, to Andrea rather than use this money to pay the bills can I reinvest this did you at that point did you already have an inkling that this might be a company I want to start no it was just basically extra cash next one I made it took me about three weeks the next one right like I was you know yeah Yeah. the ridiculous part about it was even the first one I did it all just basically from my head I didn't write down any measurements any numbers so the second one I did foolishly I'm just thinking it's going to be another one-off so I didn't 
no measurements again, did it all from scratch. And I put that on Kijiji once it was done after three weeks. And uh, within three days, I had a fella come up. He drove all the way up from Toronto and he came and saw it. And he's like, yeah, you know what? I'll take it. So I was like, wow, you know, okay, you know, we got a few more dollars. Like, uh, I'll build another one. You know, so I built another one, put it on Kijiji. That one sold in like one day. So I'm like, you know, maybe we should start a company. And then he did that a couple more times. And then I sat there and I was like, okay, it's selling on Kijiji, but what if I made a website? And what if I did some things and then we could reach all of Canada? And he was like, oh, okay, yeah. And like the first website that I made, you know, wasn't the best, but I got better at it after a while. I did it a few more times, like, you know, about, three, about four times. And finally the fifth one, that was in September of 2020. And I was like, you know what? I think it's time to start a business out of this. It's kind of funny, like how, you know, how it came about, but I was like literally running on the treadmill right? and that's, that's how I do my best thinking. Like, you know, I, I jog and, you know, it gets my mind going and I'm trying to think of a name and I'm like, you know, uh, I kind of want it obviously to represent a bit of my, you know, my indigenous roots, sure. you know, and culture. So I'm trying to think animals, you know, and I'm thinking a fox then, and, you know, I'm thinking bats and, you know, and then I was like, ah, I got it. I know what it is. And I could see, I saw the whole symbol and everything. Mm -hmm. And I yelled to Andrea and I'm like, Andrea, I got it. I don't know where that treadmill was, whether it was upstairs or downstairs in that specific house. But so I hear him yelling and he never calls me by my name. So like I was like, he's saying Andrea and yelling from like the top of his lungs across the house. And I was like, what's wrong? Like, what is something, you know, Did he fall off? I don't know what happened. So he comes down and he's like, I got it. And I'm like, OK, you what? Like, tell me what is happening right now? And I'm like, I know what we're going to call it. And I see the logo. And she's like, what is it? And I'm like, well, what I'm picturing is what needs a quiet place? I was like, a bear. A bear hibernates during the winter. Where do they hibernate? In a bear cave. It's quiet, you know? And I was like, so I'm like, I could see it. There's the paw and inside the paw says bear cave and underneath it, silent booths. And he described it to me. And then I, I grabbed some paper and I just drew it out for him. I'm like, does it look like this? And he's like, yeah, that's exactly how it looks. So then I took that drawing and then I put it um, on the computer and I just kind of designed it. Mm -hmm. And that's the logo, right? From just from his head, right? And then from there, it just, uh, you know, our first sale from that point, our very first sale, it just couldn't happen to be someone down the street. Oh, no, it was a it was a school teacher from Vancouver. Now, we had only sold locally, sure. you know, where they could come pick it up or we could drop it off there. And so we're like, OK, now how do we figure to get like, you know, Ship it, yeah. Yeah, ship it, yeah, something this size out to Vancouver. We had no clue. I was like, I don't know how to ship this. He's like, I don't know how to ship this. So we had to, like, figure out how to ship this big, massive thing. And then I was like, you need to get the money before you send this thing. Right. And he's like, well, he doesn't want to pay the money before I send it. I'm like, well, you can't just send it. It's like thousands of dollars. Yeah. And so they had this like standoff kind of, you know, and then they ended up kind of like trusting each other half and half. And it ended up working out. Sure. It was fine. But it was the first kind of like yeah. big, massive, like, I don't know how to do this. Yeah. That's a big, uh, leap of faith. Yeah.
the first like three, four months, we were just doing it on our own. And then we said, you know what, like, let's try and expand. And that's when we started going to the banks. Mm -hmm. But we had had a business plan that was done. We found someone on Fiverr. They Mm -hmm. did it for us. And we beat those expectations that he had drawn up for us in the business plan. He said, you probably won't meet these goals for at least two to three years. We did it in like three weeks. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So we surpassed it just like that. And so we thought, you know what? Yeah, like the banks can't deny this at all. Mm -hmm. But, you know, being only a few months old in the business, we went to the banks. They got excited. And one by one, we were like, "There, no, we can't help you. You're too young of a company. Come back in a year. When you have a track record. Yeah. So, yeah, we went back in a year and the numbers were like quadrupled what we had before. And they were still, you know, like, no, no. Now we're coming up on year two. We're, right. you know, we're, we're not even two years old yet. And, uh, you don't even need them anymore. I mean, you're, well, you're that, moving into your own new facility. You've got a couple of employees or three that I've seen so far. Yeah. Um, do you need the bank? Well, that, that's it, right? Like not even, you know, like not really now, you know, like, uh, and that's something I'm a little bit proud of. Has demand kept up? Have you seen it kind of a, a spike, a dip has it plateaued? What would you say? Uh, yeah, no, it's only been growing more and like more. The pandemic, a lot of people working from home, uh, a, a flurry of podcasters, for example, now, I mean, I'm sure this mm-hmm. is the kind of thing that a podcaster or voiceover talent would want in their home. It was probably the perfect time. All of those industries were moving in this direction anyways, like working from home and especially like, you know, podcasts, you know, voiceover musicians, you know, it was already heading in that direction. But the the pandemic kind of already, you know, it gave it that kick, sure. you know, and yeah, we we're kind of in the perfect place at the perfect time. So I really I, I kind of almost like sense that after we started and, you know, the sales, how they were going. And, you know, I really wanted to make it the best quality product that I could. Right. right. And. So, yeah, we, we did our research, you know, of like dozens of sound booth companies and we're right on par, if not better than most of them, I would say, you know, and I'm not like, you know, trying to toot my own horn here, but the DB readings that we get they're you know, it's undeniable. Up next, it's been a promising start for Barricade Silent Booths. But how will their inexperienced business owners cope with material shortages brought on by the pandemic? Or when they stop trusting their own instincts and put their trust in the wrong people? Stay tuned to find out. You're listening to Yes, We Are Open. Trevor and Andrea turned a one-time job into a thriving manufacturing business in less than two years. They've surpassed all expectations, and they've done it on their own with no help from the banks. Now they're in a new facility, they've hired staff, and business is booming. But the new business owner couple are about to encounter some adversity that will challenge their inexperience. How will they manage? Let's find out. If there was a time where something happened or a struggle you guys hit where it came close to shutting you down, what would that be? I would say probably the shortage of materials. As soon as the pandemic hit, previously, we were given offers by these large warehouse companies. Mm -hmm. And they said, yeah, don't worry about it. We see where your company's going. We're going to put you on this exclusive list uh, where it doesn't matter if the price of wood goes through the roof to the moon. You're going to stay at X amount of dollars per sheet. And, you know, we have all the supply in the world for you. 
and the pandemic hit and that dried up real quick. They said, yeah. oh, sorry, we lost that exclusive sheet and you're no longer on it. Yeah. And we had no material. Now we were selling booths and we had no material. Mm-hmm. What happened was like Andrea started looking around and she's like, well, you know what? We could go down to the States. And I was like, we can't go down to the States. There's a pandemic. She said, no, we can with our business license. And so, yeah, we crossed the border. It's like 20 minutes from here and that's where we pick up our lumber or wood right now and we bring it back but even now to, the, to this day yeah 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 we still do it it's the closest place right now and it's way cheaper than the still the wood up here you know like we try to keep everything that we buy local mm-hmm. uh, you know our glass is from a small company uh you know all the fabric uh the the adhesive that we get put on it it's a company right out right around the corner that we use the artwork that we've used like for our logo and whatnot out here um that's a local company here the only thing that we're kind of like outsourcing from the states and whatnot is the wood but right now we're such a small business like you know it's our best and only option But yeah, it's been basically the supply chain and we are kind of even going through it right now. So how close did you guys get to maybe saying, oh, maybe this is a bad idea after all. Maybe we need to call it quits or quit before while we're ahead. Well, obviously there have been ups and downs in sales, right? And there were times when, you know, we were learning the process of sales and ads and, you know, how do you market this? Like I did the Google ads, I did the SEO, I did all of that stuff, but I, because I didn't know what I was doing, like I don't have any background on it, I was just doing it and it was working. But when something didn't work, I didn't really know what I was doing to make it work or to fix it, right? right? So there were a few times where I came to him, you know, we made a few sales and I was like, listen, like, I think that we should go with an agency, like a company who actually knows what they're doing with these ads. And he was like, well, if you think so, yeah, let's do it. And uh, there was times when we put our trust in that and not trusting in ourselves and putting our trust in someone else. And... Uh, the sales dipped like months. Our sales completely plummeted and we didn't have any capital. You know, we didn't know if we were going to make rent. That That's how bad it was. All our savings dried up really quick and it came to the point where, yeah, we basically, we couldn't afford any wood. We were coming close to having to borrow or anything, right, right. to make rent and even just like, you know, simple supplies you know food whatnot you know like i was on the brink of telling andrea like you know what i'm gonna probably have to go back to work you're probably gonna have to go back to teaching because um i guess such a niche market and i really actually did know what i was doing even though i just didn't know what i was doing i knew you didn't trust yourself Yeah, yeah yes and he told me that so many times like he said to me like you know you're doing it just feel confident with the fact that you're doing it but I just felt like other people could do it better than me we put our thinking caps back on and we put our feet back on the ground we said that's it we're doing this ourselves again what were we doing before And we went back to that and it still took several weeks, but eventually the sales started coming back. And then we started getting our heads above water again and um, getting that first fresh breath air, you know, uh, it 
changed everything again. It was like, okay, we have to trust ourselves, number one, and we can't lose that focus. For me, that was like the struggle and just taking responsibility of like that. Yeah, that was me, you know, and he would tell me like, no, it's not like if we if we didn't go with them, we wouldn't actually know that you're doing better and right. you're doing yeah. what so it's a learning experience yeah for sure right now we have ali uh she does the sales andrea still does also we're starting to level out with that and we're starting to figure out the groove that we need to stay in and it's only been going up and up and up since then yeah. coming up after the break we find out what the future holds for bear cave silent booths at Moneris, we empower merchants to keep doing business their way, while we handle the payment processing our way. What way would that be? The safe way. The always connected way. The awesome integrated tools to help you make more money way. We know your business never stops, so you deserve products that never stop working. That's why we're committed to providing our merchants with a payment partner that works just as hard as they do to make every sale. Moneris, proud partner of small Canadian business. Welcome back to Yes, We Are Open. Trevor and Andrea have overcome supply chain issues and their own self-doubt. Things seem to be back on track as they settle into their new home. So what does the future hold for Bear Cave Silent Booths? Let's find out. What does the future look like for Bear Cave Silent Booths? Uh, well, the future, well, it looks great. We're obviously still expanding yet. You know, we just expanded into this beautiful new building. <laughs> And right away, we're already planning for a few years down the road to build our own facility that we could specifically hold every department that we need. And uh, just recently, we started selling into the States. So we're all, I guess you could say, international now. We want to expand worldwide. We want to be set up in Europe also. We want to have people coming to us from all over Canada and then also have um, more of a brand and pull in the U.S. Well, once we get there, that's going to be amazing, you know. But at the moment right now, uh, yeah, we're going to continue expanding. We're more workers, more sales, and, you know, the sales just keep rising up and up, you know. And, you know, we want to upgrade our machinery, such as buying our own CNC machine and also uh, buying our own applicator to put on the adhesive onto our material so we don't have to outsource that also. We could do that in-house here. You know, everything to make it more easy and accessible, uh, you know, and quicker. So we would love to do everything in-house and we're getting there. I see it within the next at least six to 12 months. We should be settled in and have everything in-house and yeah, our staff and production up quite a bit. You know, there's going to be other products as well, like innovations for the booth. And we're going to build slowly and steadily. And I think that's what's coming for us. We're continually expanding the booth, you know, literally making them bigger because, uh, you know, we have so many customers coming in for customized sizes and shapes. So we, we're, we're looking into that and, you know, uh, something that, yeah, you know, the acoustic part of it with the panels that we make. The only reason why we're trying to slow that a bit is so that we can expand and grow on the booths sure. because they do take a lot of time to create and make, you know, right. build in. But we will eventually be 
boosting that part of it, of the company also, because there are quite a few people in their like small, tiny spaces that they need. And yeah, so, we're, you know, still a lot of people recording their closets. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. The <laughs> dozens like we've been to so many places where, you know, they've said, check out where I used to record. And literally it's like in a little tiny pantry, like, you know, a two by two. Yeah. And they're like, we can't believe, you know, I got this big booth now and it's going to up my game. And it's like, yeah, for sure. You know. Right now, he's like looking to get outside of the shop a little more so that we can record the album. And throughout this whole process, I've written two books and, you know, like I have an audio book that's going to be released soon and like all of the things, right? So there is work and play and like both together. And if you can find what works for you and like, like how you work and just really know yourself and like I'm now I was never a nine to five person I couldn't keep a job to save my life you know but I can come up with solutions and put out fires when they happen you have to just really know yourself and know what you want to do and where you want to go and what your stepping stones are we wanted to be musically independent and we wanted this as our foundation to do it and it's not even been two years I think motivationally, you know, you don't need the bank loans. You don't need the credit cards. Like, I don't know if he told you, but we're running it off of a $500 credit card. We don't have accounts. We don't have anything. Like, we've just been, you know, doing this with, like, no credit at all. And you don't need it. Like, you just have to be okay with slowly growing and being consistent day to day and just knowing that it'll grow like you put the time and energy behind whatever it is that you're doing and slowly day by day if you do a little bit it's gonna grow no matter what you're welcome is bear cave sound booths open yes Yes, we we are are open. open That's the story of Bear Cave Silent Booths. Opportunity. To be successful in business, you must be able and ready to answer to opportunity. It's what separates entrepreneurs from everyone else. Not only are they ready, they're eager. Now, I'm not sure if Trevor fancied himself an entrepreneur before. He seemed content to work as a miner, but when he said yes to building that first sound booth, despite having next to no tools, knowledge, or skill to get the job done, He showed entrepreneurial spirit. It was a very opportunistic thing to do. I can't imagine a better paired couple than Trevor and Andrea for this journey together. They seem to bring the entrepreneurial spirit out in each other. Case in point, on two separate occasions, we had one of them convincing the other to quit their job to follow their passion. Not exactly practical advice, but perhaps the best advice for them to be in position to seize opportunity. Once again this season, we have entrepreneurs starting a business without any experience, and once again, we have a success story. I'm beginning to think that qualification doesn't necessarily guarantee success. Perhaps it's something else. In the case of Bear Cave Sound Booths, it's many things. Passion, opportunism, creativity, hard work, and the love and respect the two owners have for each other. That's why I believe Bear Cave will undoubtedly succeed in the future. Yes, We Were Open is a Monera's podcast production. 
I'd like to thank Andrea and Trevor for taking the time to share this story. You can learn more about Bear Cave Sound Booths at bearcavesoundbooths.com. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Bear Cave Sound Booths. If you're interested in Andrea's music or her new book, When a Witch Arrives, I've included links to both in the show notes. For more information about this podcast, visit our site, yesweareopenpodcast.com. If you'd like to support us, rate us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're a Canadian small business owner or know of one with an interesting story of perseverance to tell, I'd love to help tell it. You can contact me at podcast at And that puts a wrap on season three. I hope you enjoyed it. I'd like to thank everyone on the Monera Smartcom team for their help and support in putting this season together. It truly takes a village and there are too many to name. So please check the show notes for their names. I'd like to also thank the amazing merchants who welcomed me to their place of business and allowed me to tell their stories. Green Bouquet Cannabis, Matriarch, Lakeside Dog Biscuits, Style Photos, Down Under Travel, Impact Kitchen, Kids World Pediatric Dentistry, and Bear Cave Silent Boots. Please support them by supporting their business. Production on Season 4 will begin in the new year, so expect a whole new season of small Canadian businesses and their stories by April of 2023. Keep an eye on this feed, and I'll post updates as Season 4 approaches. And finally, I'd like to thank you, the listener, for listening, subscribing, and spreading the word. Thanks to your support, this podcast was actually nominated for two Canadian Podcast Awards this year, Outstanding Branded Series and Outstanding Business Series, and I'm thrilled to announce that we actually won the Canadian Podcast Award for Outstanding Business Series. So a huge thank you to all of our listeners. Without you, this wouldn't be possible. On behalf of all of us at Moneris, sincerely, thank you for listening to Yes We Are Open Podcast. I'm Al Grego. See you in Season 4.